You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 104 with Ruth Schwank. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. You guys, I'm so excited to have Ruth Schwank on the show today. We are talking all about how to overcome mom guilt and knowing that God created us to be the mom of our children. Also, how to fight for great friendships and knowing that if you want great friends, that you have to be a great friend yourself. And also knowing that you are good enough. I feel like so many of us have this battle and feel like so many moms are doing it better than we are. So if you are having any of these struggles, this episode is perfect for you. Let's go to the show. Ruth, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker about travel. I am a travel agent, so I love picking everyone's brain about this. So what is your favorite vacation spot that you've gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Okay. Well, this is pretty easy for me, but okay, <laughs> because I absolutely love California. Mm. So we have friends in Orange County, California, that they live right on Newport Coast, which is incredible. It's, mm. it's not reality. Yeah. <laughs> when I go there, I have to remind myself of that. Um, it's just absolutely beautiful, but not yeah. far from where they live, there is a little island called Balboa Island. Yes, I want to go and, there. So tell us about oh, it. It is just, it's magical. Oh. <laughs> so um, well, when you think of an island, you're thinking of beaches and right. it's not like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not like that. Yes, yes. It's, um, there's like its houses kind of stacked one, you know, next to the, to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. They're all, they just line the streets. Oh, and then cool. in, in the middle of town, there is, all, there's all these little cute little shops and places to eat. And it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's out of a movie. It's adorable. And of course the weather there is mm. amazing. So yes. that's our, we've actually gone there several times. We've gone there with our kids. Um, and we've also gone, you know, by ourselves, my husband and I. So, um, that's probably, well, Orange County in general along yep. the coast is, yes. is our favorite. Um, but if I were to pick a certain little spot, to go visit Balboa Island is is really fun. So is that a place is that you would just go for the day and not necessarily stay at? Like, are you just kind of going to walk around and just, you know, go and, and you know, eat some food? Mm -hmm. Is that kind of the, the feeling, the atmosphere of that? I guess you could do either. So sometimes when we go and visit our friends, we'll just, you know, we always go to Balboa just for a couple hours and walk around. Um, but we've also actually stayed on the island in an apartment there. And that w it's kind of fun because you can mm -hmm. wake up in the morning. Yeah. I don't know. I love when you can go on vacation and yes. wake up in the morning and, and walk, you know, walk to the coffee shop. Me and too. Yes. Just kind of meander around. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, that's why I liked staying on the island because everything was right there that you could walk to as well. And then you I can walk it. around the outside of the island and, you know, it's all oh, obviously cool. surrounded by water. And, yeah. Um, and there's also a boat you can take over to an amusement park area um, oh, for kids. So That's interesting. Yeah. That's I fun. like that. Yeah. Um, I keep wanting to take our kids to San Diego, but for whatever reason, Nashville to San Diego flights are ridiculous. And so mm -hmm. every time I price that out, I think, hmm, I could go on a Disney cruise for this price. So, <laughs> so I keep having this inner struggle of like, 
do I want to pay all this money? Um, but I love California. We've been to Laguna yeah. Beach and um, oh, Laguna yeah, Beach gorgeous. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And not that long ago for our anniversary, we went to Monterey. So okay, north and uh, mm-hmm. Big Sur, gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Driving oh, Highway 1. Amazing. So I recommend that to you to go to explore, to go in the north if you haven't done that. And, and the, it's mid middle California's Big Sur and all that stuff. So, okay. well, yeah, yeah, you're my kind of girl because I, I love California. I wish I could figure out how to get there um, a lot more cheaper. <laughs> Than it, I know it's, than not, I could. it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah. The flights aren't cheap. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, but I do want to take my girls there. Well, let's get started, Ruth. So how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what your name is, where are you from, how many mm-hmm. kids you have, and then we'll jump into how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Ruth Schwank and I am from Michigan, right outside of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go blue. Yeah, go you blue. <laughs> Um, my husband is a pastor and, uh, we also have online ministries and through those online ministries, we write resources for children and for families and, uh, for moms, for dads, and also about marriage. Um, and let's see what else uh, I have. We have four kids. Well, for, wait, let me back up. My husband and I have been married for almost, uh, well, for 20 years now, just, just went for the 20 year anniversary there, which is crazy. When I say that, I can't believe it. Um, and we have four children. So our oldest is just turned 16, which is a little scary, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) he's, it's actually a relief too when you're, when you're one of your children can drive. Especially when you have four. Yeah. I can't imagine that. I only have two and it's starting. And so I can, I, I know what you're saying. You're scared for them to drive, but then you're kind of like, well, now you can help me. <laughs> I know. Well, because at first I was. I it was scary when oh, they get their sure. um, permit. It's like, oh my word, I can't do this. It was awful. <laughs> and he's a really good driver, so I can't imagine if he wasn't. Um, but and and I was a little nervous when he got his uh, license. But then that soon turned to relief. I was shocked actually how quickly that turned to relief when I was like, oh, he can take himself to work and he can. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. So, (laughs) so anyways, that's Tyler and he is 16. And then we have a 14 year old girl named Bella and an 11 year old boy named Noah and Sophia is nine. So she's our youngest. Oh, that's awesome. She seems so little, but she's not. She's nine. So. That's what happens, I think, just with the youngest. You know, you just, you feel like they're so little, even though, you know, they're not, they're always your baby. I mean, that's just yep, kind of how it rolls. Yeah. Yep. I, th- I have a funny story. I remember when my oldest, so I, I have two girls, so three years apart, and she was in preschool. And now my youngest is in the same preschool for pre-K. And I always remembered seeing this mom hold her child who was my oldest age carrying it. And I was carrying my child who was three years younger than my oldest. Okay. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't imagine carrying my oldest. But now that my youngest is that age, because that was her youngest that she was carrying. (laughs) I could see myself carrying a four year old. But when you have a baby, a four year old looks so huge. But but when you have a seven year old and a four year old, that four year old still looks little. And so I can't imagine like having four kids and then you have a nine year old. So I can see like how 
she's just going to probably look like your baby forever. She does. And she, I mean, she'll like, she wants to sit on my lap. Yeah. Uh-huh. I yep. mean, she definitely sweet. seems like my so little sweet. baby, but then when I think about my oldest, I think at that age, my oldest <laughs> yep. seems so oh. old. Yes. So, Cause you do yeah, make your crazy. oldest kind of grow up a little bit, which is kind of sad when you think back, you're yeah. like, Oh my gosh. I like, know. I know. <laughs> Oh, we'll go, we'll jump into this because this is the whole like I feel like mom guilt and and just yeah. being mom and that you look back and you're like oh man I was like really making them feel so much older and then I don't do that with my youngest and then I feel bad and then it's like oh it's a mess so um okay so we'll jump back to to what you're up to today and so uh, why we're bringing you on the show and then just if you want to fill us in a little bit about your blog um, I know yeah. you just kind of talked about your resources and all that stuff but why don't you share um why you started the blog, and then we'll jump into your book. Sure. Um, this was probably about seven years ago. I had my kids at that time were pretty young, and you know, I was, I don't know, I just felt trapped. <laughs> you know, I felt <laughs> alone. I felt trapped. I felt like, how could I go on? <laughs> and I was just doing the best that I could. And I think it, at that time, and I, I thought, gosh, I know I'm not the only mom that feels this way. And and I, I kind of start, I really was feeling called into mom ministry. Um, and I wasn't sure what that looked like and really prayed about it for quite a while. And um, I started reading different blogs. That's when blogs just started to get popular. And I thought, oh man, I mean, everybody had such great things to say. All these, you mm. know, moms had great yep. things to say, but I kind of wanted them all in one place. And so that's actually um, how I, the idea for the Better Mom even was born is uh, because it is actually a contributor website. So we have all different, um, we have about mm, 25 authors that contribute um, blog posts to the blog. And so it's moms from all different walks of life and mm. their different ages and their kids are different ages. And I, I wanted those people all in one place because I really, you know, I really think, um, and now, you know, seven years later, I, I'm, I'm sure of this, that we just, at that time, I'm like, gosh, I want to learn from all of these people, but we, we have so much to learn from one another. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, if we can be open to that, um, there's so much, so much growth that can happen there. And so that's kind of how I, I felt at that time and feel even stronger now that it's been this long. So that's how I, I start, why I started the better mom, um, and how I started it. And that was about, um, seven years ago. And then just a couple of years after I started the better mom, we started a a, a website for families called for the And the same, it's the same idea as the better but it's for men and women. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I feel like and I totally understand. That's why I started the Moms Fired show uh, was to bring on moms and just kind of walk through their journey for whatever, whatever they were going through and if it to be inspiring or, you know, just to share their story. And so I totally am on the same page as you with, you know, kind of bringing moms together, because what are the chances that you would be able to hear all those stories on your own, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, with smaller kids too, you really don't get full sentences in like you are interrupted <laughs> so many times that I, I remember my husband when my, my oldest was younger and then, and then I had, my youngest was a baby and mm-hmm. I would go on a walk with my friend or something, or we'd go to the zoo and he's like, so how was it? Like, what'd you guys talk about? I'm like, I don't know. Mike, we probably didn't even finish the sentence. I'm like, <laughs> right. hello, like as a mom with children, like you are not having full conversations. You, you literally walk away going, I think we had probably five half conversations and then, you know, right. you get distracted and I don't know. And so, 
Yeah, <laughs> well, like, the, yeah. I have friends. I have a lot. I have a lot of friends that are younger, and they have younger kids and, you know, just being in ministry, my husband being a pastor, we have a lot of families that were around where they're, you know, just starting to have kids. And it's so funny because I find myself, you know, hanging out with them and and I'm always like, it's okay. It's because they're like, I'm sorry. I'm Uh, sorry. Yeah. You try to talk. It's just funny because it is so true. You can hardly get a word in. Yes, I know. Um, So you wrote the devotional called The Better Mom. What made you decide to write this devotional? It's like you have all the stuff online and stuff, but what made you think, you know what, I'm going to sit down and do this because I can only imagine how much time it took to put into this. So so Mm -hmm. what was the catalyst to do this? Well, we, I actually have a devotional that, that, that I wrote with Karen Eamon called pressing pause. Mm. And, um, it is the same idea. It's for moms and it's, it's time, it's time for a mom to basically just press pause really quick and, and, and read a devotion, take some time to fill up before their day begins, or even if it's in the middle of the day, just a few minutes, um, to themselves. And I think when we saw how popular that was with moms, I realized, wow, you know, there's so much that we've shared, you know, with a blog, it's, it's essentially devotions you're sharing. Um, but I love when you can take those, you know, and put them in a book for somebody to hold. And so Mm -hmm. if these are not taken from the blog, these are new devotions and these are just by me. Um, right. But it was, I think I, I'm saying all of that to say that really the the success of pressing pause and realizing how that resonated with moms is really kind of what got me thinking about the Better Mom devotional. Um, because it's, it's, they're short devotions. They're not, um, they're, they're short devotions, but, th- but there's a lot in there. So you, they're to help you grow and learn, even though they're short and there's time for reflection mm-hmm. and, so um, I think that's kind of what even got the idea going in my mind. Yeah, no, I love it. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful devotional. I, I was looking through it and um, I do feel I like- you just want to take pictures of it. it yeah, so, they did a great did job. Yeah, a great job yes. with it. Uh, yeah, it, 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 I can't imagine having something that's physical that you create and then can hold mm-hmm. kind of like what you're saying because so many things are online these right. days. And so that that's a fun thing to have and to hold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that you really- like to focus on, you know, moms not feeling good enough and stuff like that. And I think as moms, it's so easy to feel like we're not good enough and find ourselves trying to be perfectionist and, and like, how do we be a better mom? And especially with social media. And then you kind of compare, I just had Rachel Cruz on, I just interviewed her actually, um, uh, Dave Ramsey's daughter. And we talked about her book, um, loving your life, not theirs. And really just kind of talking about that whole comparison game and really kind of social media is like really skews a lot of things because you're only mm-hmm. seeing the best of everyone, right? So you're comparing someone's best and to your whole self, which you're, you don't see the things that they're not good at. And so I wanted to talk to you about what would you recommend to the moms um, that are struggling with this feeling? And, you know, they're just really being hard on themselves on not being Mm. a good enough mom. Yeah. I mean, I think the pressure, uh, the pressure is all around us. And I think, you know, when I think of a devotional like the Better Mom devotional, um, really the the bottom line is it's meant for for you to personally grow in your relationship with Christ and who He says you are. And so I think when we know, um, when we're confident that 
the Lord, he sees us, he knows us, he loves us for who we are. He doesn't want us to stay there, obviously. He wants us to continue to grow. But when we are confident in that, the world's opinion matters so much less. And I think, you know, if there's any recommendation, uh, the bottom line is we need to cling to the to God more so we cling to the world less. Because I think that's what, what happens is we we think, oh, if I could just have their approval or if I could mm. just be like that or, you know, yeah. when really ultimately the approval of God is what matters more than anything. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree. And, and that is really wise because I do feel like the more that you keep looking to the world, you're always going to feel like you're coming up short, you know? And so, um, and I do think that moms, you know, I keep trying to remember um, where I heard this, but just kind of like, you know, looking into our Bibles, right. And, and reading the word and, and going, you know, to that for guidance and stuff like that. So um, because I think we're always going to feel like we, we aren't enough. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I love, I love that you say that. And, and again, you know, just having your devotional, it's just a quick thing that you can leave out so that you can just scan through it and, um, you know, just, you know, get uplifted, right. Like in a right. quick amount of time, right. Kind of, yeah. cause you think about it, you have all the kids and all that stuff. You don't have like lots of time always to just sit down and do what you want to do. So I do think that's great. Um, one thing that I, I noticed about you is that you, um, value friendships. And so do I, that's a big thing mm-hmm. in my life. And, um, I, but I, at the same time, kind of like what we were saying, it's hard depending on what season of life you are in, um, on how much you can dedicate to building friendships or, you know, or even uh, nourishing the ones that you actually do have. Right. So, um, right. so I wanted to talk to you about like, what is your thoughts with, um, making really good friends, because Uh I think this is so hard for women um, Mm -hmm. that I I feel like they feel lonely and then um, they feel like everybody else has friends and that nobody else needs friends and they're the only ones who don't have friends. And then, um, you know, but you need amazing people in your life to support you and to hold you accountable and stuff like that. But what have you learned, especially in ministry? I'm sure you see this a lot. Um, What would you what would you encourage women to do in regards to like finding great friends and and building those friendships? Well, I think this never gets easier either, you know, whether your kids are, whether they're newborn or, you know, toddler, uh, tween teens, college age. I mean, it's, I feel like it's a constant battle of our life, honestly, to have, um, to have good friends. And we kind of have to fight for that, that good friendship because, uh, not only do our does our time and all the things that we have, you know, encompassing our days make it hard to have friendship, but then just the hardships uh, that come in the midst of friendship can break friendship up so easily. I think if we're not willing to just uh, put in the time, uh, so I, I guess the biggest thing for me, what comes to mind right away, is that if you want good friends, you have to be a good friend, and um, you have to seek out friendship. I think there's it's so easy for us to say, oh, if I just had community, and I don't know anybody, and I don't have any friends, and um, we have to seek that out, and we have to build that community a lot of times ourselves. And I know sometimes we, ju- we just want somebody to come to us. You know, mm-hmm. we want somebody to want to be that friend to us. But a lot of times 
I mean, just the truth is we have to do, we have to move first. And so, um, I think, you know, I, I remember when the kids, uh, well, I'm an extrovert, first of all. So let me just throw that out there. Cause I know this kind of like, I could not <laughs> be by myself. You know, I was at home with the kids and I'm like, ah, I gotta find some people. Um, so I think, you know, from when they were little, I was, I was joining Bible studies. I, you know, anything I could be a part of, whether it was like a play group or something, I, and you kind of have to force yourself at times because I know you're tired and you're emotional and everything else. Um, And so I think just trying to just keep showing up to those types of Mm -hmm. things uh, will help you build those friendships that you so desire. And I think if you are, if you can be that friend to somebody else, like I always tell people, you know, if you're feeling that way, think about how somebody else is feeling. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be the ones to, to make that first move and be that friend to that mom that is lonely too. And I think, you know, when we do that, there's great, when we do that, when we work hard at friendships, um, there's great reward down the road in that. And that doesn't mean that you're going to come out with, you know, you know, the best friends in the whole entire right. world. <laughs> and everything's like roses or something. But and that also doesn't mean that this isn't something you're going to I mean, literally, this is something that you keep like even now, I still have to do that. Yeah. Um, and and that's okay. I just I just I've heard so many times so many people, especially being in ministry, so many people um, feeling isolated or they don't have community or, you know, just in general. And I think as, as a culture, we have to seek that out um, if we desire that. Yeah, I agree. And I I also want to encourage people to, to, you know, drag a mom somewhere. Like for example, I, we have mops. So it's mother of preschoolers if people don't know what that is and at our church and um, it's for kids that are not school age yet. So, cause some people are like, Oh, it's for preschoolers. So if I have a baby, no, it's anybody under kindergarten or under. Um, mm-hmm. and so, um, I have a friend here that I pretty much dragged with me. And so, um, and she was thankful and it's funny if she listens to this show, that would be funny, but, um, <laughs> she'll know who I, she'll know who she is. Mm-hmm. And so, but the whole point was that I would want somebody to drag me if, mm. if this was reversed, right? Like I, so I feel comfortable in it. I helped start this group specifically at our church a few years ago. So, um, you know, I'm kind of just like, you would think I was like recruiting, like, I'm like, Hey, you know, but I know what it's like. <laughs> right, <laughs> and I'm introverted. Right. I can be outgoing, but I'm introverted. So for me, I don't always need to be around people. And sometimes after mops, I'm kind of like, I just need to chill for a second. And so, cause <laughs> I've just been talking to so many people, but I just know like, okay, I would want somebody to pull me along, you know? And so kind of like what you're saying, if you want a good friend, you need to be a good friend. And, Mm -hmm. and I also know that there are people who feel like they're good friends and they don't get that in return. And I do, I would encourage people to just keep looking for the right friends. It's kind of like, right? Like when you date, if you don't feel like you're connecting, you don't just Mm -hmm. keep trying to date that person. You're kind of like, okay, Moving on, you know, so it's the same thing with friends. I mean, (laughs) um, the hard part is, and this is where I get frustrated is you, because you don't have as much time as you did when you were younger or in your twenties or before you had kids, you don't have as much time to like the immersion of like spending the night with your friends and having time and going on trips. So it's like, you have to try to do this, um, 
in a shorter amount of time. And then it also takes a longer time to actually get to know them because you have so many more responsibilities. So that's the thing too, that I want to encourage women that, you know, it's not going to feel the same as when you were 19 and 20 years old, when you could just spend a lot of time with your friends. Um, and even with my friends that I know now, I don't even talk to them as much as I want. Well, one, they live in Michigan. And so, um, we have to try to just do the best that we can with what we have. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's hard. I think too, like the expectations of friendships, I think you have to kind of, you know, think about, um, as you get older that they, the expectations might need to change a little bit than what they used to be. So yeah, when I saw, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say you made a good point in that. I think the first thing to recognize, because I've seen a lot of younger couples go from having no kids to, to having children. And and that is a a big time where they're like, ah, where'd our, you know, we don't have any friends, but that just recognizing that it's going to be different. I mean, we just have to accept that, that, you know, the different, our different seasons bring different friendships really. And, and our friendships will look different, um, during those different seasons. And, and we have to, you know, it's, it's good. It's because we have family to, you know, folk that we, that needs more of our time. And, um, but I think there's just something, I don't know, when you do life with other people and you're intentional about it, the years add up. They yeah. really do. And yeah. you and mm-hmm. you can look back and say, okay, because I kept showing up and because I kept being that friend, you know, look at how far we've come now and look at what we've been through together. And you really need those friends. You know, you need them mm-hmm. when you're going through hard things or when they are. So it's yeah. worth it, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I really, I really do. Um, so- as we've in, entered it back into school mode, school mode, um, what are your thoughts on mom guilt? Because I know I feel like in the school season, I feel like it can be easier to feel the mom guilt because there's so many things that you could not be participating in to feel bad about. Um, meaning, like you may mm-hmm. not be the class mom, you may not be doing PTO, um, maybe the kids are not in like as many extracurricular mm-hmm. activities as somebody else. So I just mm-hmm. feel like there's more things to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing this or that or this. And I, you know, you just kind of feel like, wow, am I just not as good of a mom and all that kind of stuff. So what is your thoughts with battling mm-hmm. mom guilt? And it doesn't well, have to be the school season. I'm just using that as an example. Well, no, I think that I think that is a good example because I think what we feel, we feel the pressure because, we see other kids, um, you know, involved and our kids see other kids involved in all different things. And we see families like what seems like, how can they do all of those things? And Mm -hmm. and they're all wearing matching outfits. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, how did that happen? I can't even get my child to brush their hair. You know, right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, (laughs) I just think there is wisdom in in having boundaries and being okay with that. Um, and for a couple of reasons, I don't, you know, I don't think, first of all, our kids need to be involved in everything. And so sometimes we, we think they're going to miss out and not be, uh, you know, not be enough because they haven't done this, this, and this. And we want, we're just worried, you know, really worried that we're going to somehow, uh, not do the best with them or, you know, they're going to miss out on an opportunity because we never had them play that sport or, or take that class that would help them in a certain uh, way with their studies or whatever. Um, so I think that you've got that aspect. And then of course you've got the aspect of just the pressure from, 
from their friends that are doing all different things. And so something that we've just, because we have four kids, um, we had to decide really early on, uh, what that was going to look like for us as far as our kids being involved in different things. And what's been really helpful is we decided, uh, that we were only going to have them participate in an extracurricular activity, uh, like what each of them could decide one thing that they really wanted to do. So whether it's basketball or soccer, or, you know, uh, because we couldn't, everybody couldn't do everything. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or I don't even, we wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and so that's worked really well with us. Of course, it took some time for them to figure that out. And now that they're getting a little bit older, you know, like for instance, our oldest son who's 16, well, he loves basketball and he loves golf. Well, th- he's able to do both of those because they're kind of, you know, it's it's not hard to do both of those. Mm. But, you know, when they were younger, like here, I'm trying to think of an example. So when they were younger, say they came to us and said, I want to be a part of this soccer team and soccer practice is four nights a week um, for eight months out of the year, I would have probably looked at that and thought, I know that dinner time, family dinner time is really important to us. And I would have said, you know what, that's probably not going to work. Let's find a different team that's for a shorter amount of time. Maybe the practice is not quite as much or something. I'm just using that. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I think that there's it's okay to have boundaries. Our kids don't have to be in everything. We need to just, I think the biggest thing is just trust that the Lord has, he has a plan for them. We don't, we don't need to worry that they're going to miss out on something or, you know, some big shot for their life because we didn't have them in soccer or because we, you know what I mean? We Mm -hmm. need to just trust that God has his hand on them and, and their life and, and, and not, and kind of push that, that mom guilt away. Cause I think that's the biggest guilt we feel at least yeah. for me, maybe I'm just, but I feel, you know, the guilt I always felt was, Oh no, but what if they, you know, what if they miss out on that? And, yeah, right. and I don't need to feel like that. The Lord has them, you yeah. know, I don't need to, I don't need to worry about that. Yeah, no, I, so for, for me, uh, do you, do you have any kids um, that didn't want to do anything? Like they just kind of wanted to hang out at home because I have one of those and I'm kind of having to decide, mm, no, we're just going to leave you in gymnastics or I'm going to like, I feel like she'd rather just sit home and read. So then part of me is kind of like, you. well, do I just do that or does she need to be doing something? So yeah, did you have I, that, one of those or no? I actually didn't. I don't think, but I do. But, but you know what? I'm sure there's lots of kids yeah. that. <laughs> that definitely could yeah. get, I mean, lost in a book and, yeah. but I, I, so I understand. Yeah. It's yeah. probably, you know, it helps her just like we have to get out and, and make friends. I know. So I then, guess it helps right. her so then have I a- have that pressure of having to make that decision <laughs> to go, okay, so if I don't push her to do it, is this good? But then I'm like, why am I paying for something that she doesn't want to do? Oh. So for me, I have a whole different issue or, or then, you know, and I only have two kids. I don't, I can't even imagine having four and trying to run them to four different things. Cause I kind of like, it's just trying. So for example, soccer would be Wednesday night practice, Saturday game. And then if I had my four-year-old in gymnastics, that's three days out of the week. Mm, and we have yeah. small group on one of those nights. Yes. So to me, right. that's started. And my girls do Awanas. And so that's a Bible uh-huh, um, memory yep. verse thing uh, for people who don't know. And that's on Sunday night. So it's kind of like, oh my gosh, like 
I don't want all, all the, my days busy. Right. And so all of a sudden you have something every single night. I right. know if yes. we don't, if we're not careful. Yeah. And so that's the other thing. And, and yeah. so I can't imagine if I had four and they all want to do something and I'd have to try to figure out those schedules. And so, I mean, even you saying they could do one, I'd almost have to be like, okay, so the two of you can have it for the first half of the year, <laughs> the other two, it would be bad. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So is there anything else that stands out to you with the mom guilt to, you know, so you, you talked about um, having boundaries and mm-hmm. I totally agree. Is there anything else that stands out to you though, that, you know, moms are just having such a hard time with and, and what can they, you know, what, what can they do to kind of help feel like that they aren't being a bad mom or whatever? Because I do feel like there is some people that just do so much, kind of like what you were saying, right? You mm. see them and they're just like always at the school. They're always here. They're like in shape. Their hair is together. They're wearing amazing <laughs> clothes. You're like, oh my gosh, like what are you like how you're they're eating whole 30 all the time. You're just like, I don't even know how you're cutting all the vegetables. You know what I mean? It's like, exactly. <laughs> it's like there are people that I feel like are just really like, I don't know what it, it's like. They're robots. They're like, they're amazing. I, I don't know. know. So what do you, what do you tell those moms that you feel like have come to you and just feel like, man, I really suck. Like, I don't know what my problem is and I can't even do three of those 20 things that that other mom's doing. So like, what is yeah. your thoughts to, to overcome that so that they don't just stay in that mindset, you know, because I feel like yeah. staying in that mindset is also going to like damage, you know, right. the person. Well, I think we just tend, we have this tendency to compare probably, which is what, what's, you know, driving that mom guilt. Um, and I think stepping back, first of all, that's not real. I don't, I think when we, because I know what you mean, I think mm-hmm. the same thing. I I remember <laughs> even years ago when the kids were really little, like, how are they, how do yeah. they even have their kids all, you know, like, right. and you do, you feel like, how can they accomplish all of those things? And, but I think, you know, that's probably what we're seeing, just like when we talk about on social media or anything, what we're seeing is not, is not their full picture. And so I, we, first of all, we have to remember that, that we're making a lot of assumptions when we think somebody else has it all together. True. Um, so, so that's def that's really, really, really important. Um, the other thing is that I think we need to be confident that God made us to be the mom of our children and and we're the, we are the one for them we he will uh he will equip us um to accomplish his purposes through them um through us to them uh we need to rest confidently in that i mean i i think that we're going to be fighting mom guilt uh our whole life yeah, you know I really agree. and so whether it's, you know, no matter what season you're in, you know, my kids, because they're getting older now, it doesn't get easier. It gets more complicated (laughs) because you're dealing with, you know, now it's not like I can have them do this, this, and this. Now it's like, well, they actually make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. And they, you know what I mean? This is like a whole other ball game. And I can feel guilt because of, you know, the fact that I still, you know, try to, um, try to help them, you know, make the right choices. And, and sometimes I disappoint them and I, you know, like all of those things are even more real and they're bigger now because they get it. You know, they see me, they know that the faults that I have, they know, you know, so all of that mom guilt can really 
rise to the surface even mm-hmm. more, I feel like, as they yep. get older. Because sense. it's right, it's like glaring in front of them and they're yes. watching me. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, finding freedom from that, ultimately, I th- which I think I said, you know, at the beginning of our, when we were talking here, um, is is knowing that, that God, you know, has a purpose and a plan for us as moms. I can rest in the confidence that he has that, that he's accomplishing his purposes through me, but that, that he loves me. He cares for me. I don't need to be, try to be something I'm not, first of all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but that I also need to be open to this idea that he is teaching me and I'm growing and I'm learning. And, and that's kind of the whole idea of the better mom is that we are be- not, we're not better by everything we're doing, but it's by who we're becoming. And so we become better by becoming more like Jesus. And I think when we look at, you know, motherhood in that way, and that it's kind of a, it's a process for us, as well, I think we can let go of that guilt that we feel for not being good enough or, you know, being able to yeah. do everything that it seems like somebody else can because God's working on me. I don't need to worry about them. He's working on me and and he'll he'll take care of that. Hey guys, it's Amber and you've been hearing me talk all about travel and I am so passionate about helping families create memories through intentional travel planning. It might not even be on your radar for Christmas break, but it's just around the corner. It's a perfect time to go to Disney, Mexico, or even a Caribbean cruise. So if you don't have plans yet for those school breaks, I invite you to set up an appointment with me. It's completely free, both for the consultation call so that we can talk about what your plans are, what your dreams are, and put them into action. And it's also completely free to use my services to allow me to come alongside and help you make these plans a reality. So to book your time with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash contact. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, no, I agree. And I love that. Um, Ruth, we're almost at the end of the show, but I wanted to ask you one last question. Um, I noticed in your devotional that you mentioned feeling overwhelmed by what God is calling you to do. So can you explain to us what that might look like? And what do you recommend doing if you feel this pull on what the Lord wants you to do, but you may feel, I don't know, like scared or nervous or just feel like, feeling overwhelmed, like, Lord, I can't do this. What is your thoughts on that? So are you referring to something? Sorry, I'm not yeah, sure where, okay. what you're referring so, to. So yeah, one of your um, devotionals you're talking about, um, just feeling overwhelmed, probably maybe you feel something that the Lord has put on your heart and you're mm, feel, feeling yes. overwhelmed um, to maybe go after it. And and I, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a personal thing. The whole Mom Inspired show, uh, that was something I kept feeling like, and I don't know if this is what you're referring to in the devotional, mm. um, something like this, but I kind of kept feeling this pull to do it. And then I would kind of just put it aside and be like, I'm not going to do it. And then it would come back. And then I'm just kind of like, ah, and so, Mm -hmm. um, I, and then I thought, you know what, I need to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and it was scary because I didn't want to fail. And then I was like, is anybody going to listen? And then, (laughs) you know, and so, um, and even today, so, um, next week will be my hundredth episode and, um, I don't, yeah, that was very daunting to think about a hundred episodes. Um, and it's still very easy to think like, well, you know, other people who had followings and all that kind of stuff, when they started the podcast, they have, way more downloads and all that kind of stuff. And it, and it can make you feel 
kind of going back to the perfectionist stuff that Mm -hmm. like, why am I even doing this? Do I have enough people like that are, that it's even affecting and stuff like that. So what I'm trying to say is even doing it right. And, and Mm -hmm. feeling like I was led to do it. It's still the, the, because of the comparison, right. That you feel like, well, does it really matter? Or Mm. I wish I had more numbers or if I had, because like a lot of people will have a blog or something and then they'll do a podcast. So they're moving Mm -hmm. just all their blog readers to a podcast or something like that. Right. And so where I literally started from scratch. So it was just kind of like, here we go. And so, so it was really scary for me just to kind Mm -hmm. of just see like what would happen. So that's kind of what, when I read that, that's the feeling that I got um, is what you were referencing Mm -hmm. to. Does that bring a bell to you now? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I just wasn't sure if you meant in motherhood or something that we felt called to do or. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It might've been just in general um, when I was overlooking it, um, I should have been a little Mm -hmm. bit more detailed on that, but I guess the overall feeling of maybe what the Lord is calling you to do. Yeah, I th- that that's a good question because I think sometimes, um, and I've heard you know I've heard people say in the past if if you're in the middle of motherhood like you can't do anything else type of thing and and I'm a firm believer that that God you know if he's if he's calling you to do something um, then do it and and it might look. It might not look exactly like you want because of the season you're in. So you might not be able to do, you know, like for instance, my kids were little when I started the better mom and I, I could, I could only do what I could do. So, and I still, to this day, don't travel and speak a lot because I, I can't, I just can't not, Mm -hmm. not in this season. And I am okay with that. Um, and so I, I really feel like ministry, if God's calling you to do something, it can be a pretty incredible thing, I think, for your children to see you step into that gifting and that calling. Um, and, but I think you also have to be okay with it, maybe not looking exactly like everything that you want it to be. Cause of course we can feel the pressure and that's kind of what you're feeling, you know, you're mm-hmm. feeling the pressure of, well, yep. they have this, this, and yeah. this going on too, and their podcast. And, mm-hmm. um, but you know what you, I, you know, you run in your lane and God will use you, you know, where he's called you and, and how he's planted you in this season. And, um, he can use you no matter what else anybody else is doing. So, yeah. um, I, I, I definitely think that, you know, when we feel called, like I said, when I started the better mom, I was really praying about, it. I really felt called to mom ministry. Gosh, I mean, if anybody who looked at my life, they probably would have thought, how on earth are you going to do that? Um, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? My kids right. were really yeah. little you had four and, kids. Yeah. Um, but it was just what I needed. I feel like at that time too, uh, it was an outlet for me. Um, that enabled me. I was staying home with my kids at that time. So it enabled, it was an outlet for me that enabled me to use some of my gifts and also minister, you know, to moms all over the world. It was just, it's just been incredible. Um, but again, I had to be okay with what it looked like in that season. And still now every, and I still, I know exactly what you mean. I feel the pressure. I feel like, oh, if I could just go speak at that conference and that conference and, but mm, you know what? I just, yeah. I can't, right. you know what I mean? Yep. I can't do that. And I yeah. have to be, I'm okay with that because I know that God will still use what my ministry, how he wants to use it. And I need to rest, um, rest in that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I love that. Well, Ruth, 
we're at the end. So we're going to wrap this up. Where can people find you on social media and your website? And then where can people purchase your book? Okay, on social, well, the website is thebettermom.com. And on social media, the handle is thebettermom. So mostly I'm on Instagram. Uh, We also have a Facebook page, The Better Mom. And then The Better Mom devotional will be available anywhere books are sold. So Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon, Lifeway. uh, Yeah, I think pretty much, you know, any, any place books are sold and it will be available uh, I think, well, it's available available for pre-order now, and then okay. it releases uh, towards the end of October. Perfect. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a lot of fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, you guys, would you like to have every podcast episode in your inbox on Tuesday? That way you don't have to go search for it or have to remember that, hey, a new Mom Inspired Show has aired today. You can have that. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com and subscribe. If you're looking at it on your phone, just scroll to the bottom, enter your name and your email. If you're looking at it on your computer, it's gonna be on the right-hand side. That way you won't miss an episode and I'm also gonna start including travel tips every week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week.